0: Okay. <laughs> Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, November 22nd, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am happy to be joined by Steve Hellwagon. Steve, the week of the game has arrived after a one-year absence. It's so weird still that they didn't play last year. Buckeyes open as seven-and-a-half-point favorites over the Wolverines. Steve, what are your overall thoughts on this matchup? Well, it
1: is uh, just amazing that we're at this point of the season already. This thing has kind of flown right on by. And I wouldn't say that this crept up on us, but uh, I think there was a lot of attention paid to last week's game against Michigan state because uh, it was the last home game and it was a top 10 matchup. And it's rare that uh, Ohio state would have a top 10 matchup the week before it plays Michigan in another top 10 matchup. I don't know how many times that's happened in the last 20, 25 years, whatever, But uh, the Buckeyes definitely took care of business against Michigan State. It would be hard to have played a a better first half with uh, scoring seven touchdowns on seven possessions and not allowing any touchdowns by Michigan State. So they go into this uh, playing their best football of the year, it seems like. But so does Michigan. I mean, they went out to Maryland and just decimated uh Maryland 59 to 18 and so both teams are coming into this game on a high note very confident there are very few question marks and I was sitting there watching the game and they asked me what do you think the line uh for the Ohio State Michigan game would be and I said oh probably eight and then as we were sitting there watching Ohio State score one touchdown after another I said Maybe it's going to go up to 11 or 12 just based on what we're seeing here. But for whatever reason, it is seven and a half, eight points, whatever it is. And, um, you know, if Michigan, in in, in my mind, it comes down to one thing. If David Ojabo and Aiden Hutchinson can get to C.J. Stroud and impact him, and maybe not even sack him, but mess up his vision, pressure him, and also get a few sacks, then I think Michigan's got a chance. But if Ohio State's offensive line allows C.J. Stroud to stand back there, just throw and throw and throw and throw like we've seen in recent weeks, then I think they could forget it because I don't know anybody. I don't think Georgia could stop this offense. I don't think Michigan can stop it.
0: I don't know. I, <laughs> I have a hard time wondering who could kind of leads into my next question I mean where do the Buckeyes have the biggest advantages over this Michigan team
1: well Ohio State's offensive line against Michigan State's defensive line is an incredible matchup I mean we laid it out there Ojabo and Hutchinson you know I think Ojabo has 10 sacks and Hutchinson has nine so that'll just tell you the impact those two guys have had for Michigan's defense Uh, as we all know Jim Harbaugh revamped His coaching staff and I saw a graphic on the Fox broadcast. Everybody on the coaching staff is between 34 and 44 years old. So he went out and got some go getters, and they have injected some life into this program. And they are much improved on both sides of the ball. I mean, well, obviously, in any even getting a first down would be an improvement over whatever that was they put on the field last year. So they've done much more than that. Obviously, they're ten and one fourth time in seven years under Jim Harbaugh that they are going to be uh, have a 10 win season they've not had an 11 win season 2000 since 2011 haven't won the big Ten since 2004 so they're in position to break through haven't beaten Ohio State since 2011 they're in position to do a lot of things that haven't been done under Jim Harbaugh and uh You know, we've been told this is a different Michigan program, a different Michigan team, and we're going to see it firsthand on Saturday. And so, you know, to me, uh, if I were to get excited about watching a matchup, it would be uh, Michigan's defense against Ohio State's offense. Michigan's in the top 10 in the country in points allowed. Uh, I believe it is also top 10 in past yards allowed in scoring so you know it's kind of strength on strength here and we'll see if any team is capable of keeping this Ohio State
0: offense uh, under wraps I'm not sure anybody is so uh, I guess we'll find out on Saturday. Do you see one area where you feel like Ohio State has a clear advantage as you mentioned Michigan has a top 10 defense I'm thinking um, maybe you know their secondary is susceptible, especially with uh, the best passing offense in the country, the best offense period in the country that the Buckeyes boast. Now, Dax Hill is a very good safety, but I don't know if these corners can hang with this, uh, these, you know, but they're called earth, wind and fire, which I love that the nickname for uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Love that earth, wind and fire. Um, I don't think that the, these Michigan corners can hang with this Ohio State passing offense. That's one advantage I see. Would you concur on that? Maybe what, what's an advantage you see? um yeah i think that that is an issue and i think that we've seen that over the
1: years that ohio state's receivers have just been too much you know for the michigan secondary and uh you know chris olave has already had his fingerprints on two wins over the university of michigan in 2018 and 2019 and so uh you know i don't see ohio state being complacent with this uh, game, uh, I remarked afterward. Ryan Day showed up for the post-game press conference. His team had just won by forty-nine, and his his jaw was set. You know, he he his eyes were <laughs> laser focused. He I he was it. not not spitting platitudes of uh, how they just decimated Michigan State. He was, "This is great, but we still got more work uh, to do." And um, you know, it is a little bit different that, uh, you know, Michigan in some of these years, like 2016, when both teams were, uh, Ohio state had, a, I guess both teams had a loss, but they were both, I think, number two and number three in the country. Um, I mean, it's kind of similar. I mean, when you think about it, uh, uh, both teams are going to be in the top four or five of the fo- college football playoff rankings, I would think. So, um, you know, I just look at it and there's so much at stake here. The game's at Michigan and it, it, it really is, um, you know, everything out there for Ohio state to, to pull this off and to win this game and to get uh, closer to its goal, which is the big 10 championship and the playoff. And it, to me, it just, I don't know. I, I, I see two teams that are just playing outstanding football and we are in for one hell of a matchup. And I don't take it as it's the feeble Michigan that we've seen so many times over the years. This is actually a Michigan team that has got some ability. I don't know that they're up to beating Ohio state though, but uh, I, I think that this is going to be a much more competitive game than we've seen. I mean, the last two games were 62 to 39 and 56 to 27. And you just question you know whether whether Michigan would ever beat Ohio State again. Uh, I'm saying don't necessarily rule that out this time around, but it would take a Herculean effort, I think,
0: by Michigan to pull this off, yeah, well said. I think I've watched Michigan a lot this year. They're definitely much improved um, over the last few years, and um, I still think Ohio State's going to be okay in this game. Don't get me wrong, but this this Michigan team's a lot better than what I thought. I thought that they wouldn't even reach eight wins this year. Um, the over/under was seven and a half uh, for their regular season win total, and I was thinking I'll take the under. I bet they'll finish seven and five. Um, so they, they're a lot better than what I thought. I still think Ohio State's you know has clearly the better roster in my opinion, even though Michigan's much improved. And I, I you know, what I love, Steve, I love that this Ohio State defensive line is now playing like we thought it would play. I mean, Haskell Garrett's healthy now. He was just wrecking shop all afternoon against Michigan State. Kyrie Smith is playing like I thought he'd play. He came out at the end of last year. Now he's coming on strong this year. And the depth they have there on that defensive line. I, you know, there's been, you know, a lot of talk about the back seven and I get that. I've been critical of the back seven too for this Buckeye defense, but they've improved. But this defensive line, I think can really get after Michigan.
1: Yeah, I think at mid, mid season, uh, Larry Johnson shook some things up and he put Tyleek uh, Williams in there. And by necessity had to play JT to him and uh, Jack Sawyer because they didn't have anybody else who was healthy and available at defensive end. So those young guys got in there and kind of energized things a little bit. I think some of the veterans, I wouldn't say they were complacent, but they picked up their game from that point on Tyreek Smith got healthy. Zach Harrison picked it up and became a, the force that everybody thought he was going to be. And uh, I think it was Garrett and Tyreek Williams that had sacks this past week. Only two sacks against Michigan State, but they made life pretty much miserable for Peyton Thorne. He didn't play very well. I think he was like 14 of 34 or something passing. Uh, he did not throw an interception, and that's something interesting going into this week. As I looked at Cade uh, McNamara's stats, he's only thrown two interceptions all season. So you have two quarterbacks, Stroud and, and McNamara, that are not, inclined to turn the football over, could a key turnover that that just gets forced one way or the other, by pressure, by great coverage, however you want to put it, uh, could that shape this game? That it will be interesting to see. But uh, you're right. I think the defensive line has set the tone uh, for this defense. I think that they finally figured out that Steel Chambers needs to play every down and have left him in there and left him alone. And he has really paid off big dividends. Uh, Tommy Eichenberg, whatever his issues were at the beginning of the season, seems like he's playing better football now. And I think, uh, you know, in that secondary, Ronnie Hickman is, uh, I think he forced a fumble there on Saturday against Michigan State. So he's playing outstanding football. Uh, There was a wrinkle. And again, Dave, you watched this game much closer than I did because, when it got to be about 21 or 28 to nothing, I put, my, I put my head in my computer and I'm sitting there writing and getting up and taking a stroll and stretching my legs. And, and I just, you know, it, it just became kind of monotonous after a while, one touchdown, one stop, one touchdown, one stop, one touchdown, one stop. And uh, they made Michigan state look like a JV team. And so, uh, you would know better than me, but they opened up with Craig Young at the Bullet and a two high safety look with uh Shaw and uh Ronnie Hickman back as the two high safeties. I don't know how much they stayed with that throughout the entire Michigan State game, and obviously they started subbing in the second quarter and probably showing some different wrinkles or whatever, but uh. To me, I think Craig Young uh, is a guy that you've been waiting on the green light to go on for him. And, uh, I mean, they've played a lot of different people on defense and experimented. And if this is how it's going to go the rest of the way, then so be it. I don't think they really liked uh, what they did the week before it gets produced.
0: So, uh, to me, that was a big improvement on defense. Yeah. I love the way Matt Barnes is mixing things up both, you know, when they're doing stunts and twists up front, which that could be Larry Johnson really doing that, but you know, Matt Barnes mixing up the coverages going from man to zone and vice versa. Um, I think he's doing a really good job and mixing different personnel in there. Like you said, with Craig young and sometimes going single high, sometimes going with the traditional two safeties, he's mixing it up. You don't, you don't want the offense to have a, good idea of what you're doing, and the Buckeyes are confusing these offenses. Hopefully they can do it this Saturday in Ann Arbor. All right, switching gears, I want to finish the show with something that's kind of fun, not Ohio State, Michigan-related. So there's some really good job openings in college football right now, Steve. Florida, LSU, USC, Miami is going to be open. It looks like they're getting a new AD. It sounds like Manny Diaz is not going to be back. When you look at those jobs, Florida, LSU, USC, and you can include Miami if you want, which one do you think is the best job? Oh, man. Well, Miami is where the
1: talent typically is. If you could keep the best players in Broward and Dade County at home, I think you can win the ACC and, uh, you know, contend for a playoff spot. Um, to me, that that's a good one. USC, I mean, you know, why, why are C.J. Stroud from Rancho Cucamonga and uh, Chris Olave from outside San Diego, why are they playing at Ohio State? because USC has fallen on such hard times i you know it just uh it it's it's just amazing when you look at it uh, the the uh, the the caliber of those programs and that those jobs are open every 2 3 years is nothing short of amazing lsu um, you know we knew they were playing with fire with ed orgeron and you know, they, they just, you know, they, they obviously decided it was time to move on from him. So I honestly don't know what direction a lot of these places are going to go. And there's a signing day coming up here, December the 15th. And you would think within the next seven to 10 days, all these jobs would be filled with whoever's going to take them and they'd be able to salvage some recruiting Uh, for that signing day, because if not, they're going to not only have the changeover with the new coach, but they're going to lose an entire recruiting class if they don't get it in a year. So, you know, times of the essence, and uh, I I just don't know who the hotshot young assistants are that are going to get the bump up, who the retreads are like a Bill O'Brien possibly that are going to get a shot. You know, it's like uh, Nick Saban, Runs that uh, that halfway house for wayward coaches <laughs> who've come through there and rehab their image and you know end up as a head coach somewhere. Lane Kiffin and uh, you know all these guys have run through the car wash there in Tuscaloosa. Um, you know he picks them up off the scrap heap. They put them in the playoff every year and then they're off to a, you know a uh, $20 million deal somewhere as a head coach. So yeah, Texas, you know, how's, th-
0: how's that Sarkeesian thing r- working out for you, Texas?
1: Oh my God. <laughs> my boys, I got two of my best friends are West Virginia grads and I had a text of at like four o'clock. You guys took down Texas. It's like they're four and seven. <laughs> I long, know
0: longhorns are four and seven. It's hilarious. They thought, Sar- they, they thought Sark was their savior it's, it's hilarious, man. And maybe, you know, maybe it's just a one, one off and he'll be fine, but I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Well, there's another example, Dave. Why why is Jackson Smith and the Jigba playing at Ohio State? You know, why why are all these guys from Texas, JK Dobbins and so on, playing at Ohio State? It's because Texas, you know, just just doesn't doesn't have the stability, hasn't hasn't found a coach. They never found a guy to replace Mac Brown. And it just has been a mess. And USC's never found a guy to replace Pete Carroll. He's been gone over 10 years. So, you know, I don't know. It, it's messy. Luke fickle might be a guy, but you know, with Cincinnati going into the big 12 and uh, from talking to people, it could be another year or two before that happens, probably in 2023. I mean, they'll have big money to pay him and keep him. So, um, you know, he'd be crazy. You know, my feeling on the playoff Dave, if, 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 if all things were equal, Georgia won versus either the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State winner, if they win the Big 12, or Notre Dame uh, could sneak into that last spot, uh, possibly. Um or two-loss Alabama, I guess we can't rule them out at this point. And then two versus three to me seems like it's going to be Ohio state versus Cincinnati
0: yes. uh, down
1: in Dallas. That's what it looks like to me. So uh, unless the committee gets cute and penalizes Cincinnati for not being a power five and makes them the number four seed, but, uh, and serves them up to Georgia in a ready-made rematch from last year. And then Ohio state would play Oklahoma, Oklahoma state. Alabama or uh, potentially Notre Dame, which would be a preemption of the season opener for next year. So if that's how it shakes down, but uh, Ohio state, interestingly enough, Dave has put tickets on sale already coming up because they, I give them credit. They are striking while the iron is hot, (laughs) uh, trying to fill up that stadium next year, dropping the ticket price for the lowest price tickets, And uh, you can get a season ticket next year for an average of $70 a game with no donation. That'll get you in the stadium for the best home schedule in my lifetime. Uh, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Iowa, Indiana, and Michigan. That's five of them right there, and there's eight games. So it is
0: going to be quite a season next year at Ohio State. Yeah, no doubt about it that home schedule next year is fantastic for the Buckeyes very interesting it's gonna be tough but it's uh makes things very interesting very interesting Steve Hellwagon always brings that thank you very much Steve appreciate hey, you Ohio- getting up early go ahead
1: Ohio State versus Seton Hall 6 p.m. tonight uh, don't give up don't give up hope just yet Seton Hall's very good though just beat Michigan at Michigan And uh, Buckeyes have their work cut out for them. I think on the early line, I saw Seton Hall favored by two in that tournament down in a little four-team event down there at uh, Fort Myers. 6 p.m. tonight, uh, Fox Sports
0: 1. There you go. Hopefully the Buckeyes can get back on track after losing to Xavier. And frankly, not looking good even in their wins before that, other than Bowling Green. They blew out Bowling Green. They barely beat Akron. Didn't look good against Niagara. Hopefully they can take care of business against seton hall this evening great stuff from steve hellwagon thanks steve and thank you to all listeners out there for tuning into the show we appreciate that very much hope everyone has a great day let's hear that buckeye swag best damn band in the land